This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Welcome to Millennial 606. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. So Good guys. Thing. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I told you you could kick it off and then I step in because yeah, I fucked suck it up. anyway. No, I was just thinking. Good thing there's not more than 60 weeks in a year because we would have to do Millennial 666 this year and that would not be good. I think we should do it anyway. <laughs> mm. It was know. funny because we were looking just, you know, like, you know how you like to look at places that are like up for rent or whatever, um, like on Zillow or Redfin. And we found one that was like two dedicated parking spaces. And one of the parking spaces was 666. Oh, no. <laughs> and Mark Pass. was like, babe, I think this is the one. <laughs> <laughs> I went to church the other day and the church was on 666 filbert in san francisco and i thought that that was hilarious mm. yeah for like this old school roman catholic cathedral church yeah, six, They're six, rolling six. The I wonder, yeah i wonder if that 666 meant the same thing when the church was established there i don't know it's pretty old so maybe not mm. <laughs> well y'all i got my ass kicked last week um, and by that, I mean, I met with a personal trainer last oh, Tuesday. I thought Mark beat um, you. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> no. I didn't know we were going to start so dark. 666, indeed. <laughs> I know. You're like, well, Mark is canceled. <laughs> <laughs> no. I need um, to see more evidence. <laughs> so actually, yeah. Actually, though, Mark and I met with the personal trainer together. We went for a dual session because um, we both go to the same gym, LA Fitness, and LA Fitness offers a free personal training session slash consultation to every membership. We've been members there for like a couple years at this point and never took advantage of this feature. So we were like, yeah, we've been like semi-regular at the gym. I feel like maybe we should take advantage of this and see like what changes we need to make to our routines. Mm-hmm. Y'all, <laughs> this this workout beat my ass. Like I left the gym. I was like sweating just profusely. My <laughs> legs were all my legs were like spaghetti noodles. Yeah. I was just like wobbling out into the parking lot. Like it was it was intense. Mm-hmm. Um, were you able to get out of bed the next day? Yes. But my legs hurt so bad for like three days afterwards like they were just on fire yeah and i was like oh i don't know i don't know if i can go back to the gym yet 
But then, like, the responsible part of my mind was like, you have to go back, Laura. Like, that's how you keep the momentum going. Yeah. And so I went back and I was just like, oh, let's just start on the elliptical. That'll be low impact. And then it was like 10 minutes of hit on the elliptical during which I, like, questioned all of my life choices that led me to this point. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think I think it made a positive difference. I feel like I'm working harder now. So. No pain, no gain, as they say, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, it's it's uh. so true. I just want to eat Cheetos. Yeah. Well, you can, but now you can eat more <laughs> Cheetos. Cancel it out now. That's true. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Like when I ate unhealthy this weekend, I did not feel guilty about it. So do you think you'll do a personal trainer again? <sighs> it's really expensive. I honestly can't, I can't justify it financially. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, the, the guy we met with was really cool because at the end he was showing us the pricing breakdown and he was like, between you and me, like, how can you justify paying over $1,000 for a personal trainer? And I was like, I know, Ooh. right? Thank you so much. $1,000 for how many sessions? This was like their lowest tier. It was like three sessions a month for six months or something. And it was going to be over $1,000. Yeah. I was like, wow. I cannot. I can go find an Instagram influencer who will make <laughs> me a workout routine for half of that amount. Yeah. I was going to say I've 100% done that before. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you don't get the added benefit of somebody being in the gym with you and telling you if you're doing, you know, the machines right or the exercises right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for somebody to actually come up with like a full routine for you that will work based on your skill level and push you a little harder. And sometimes they'll even, they'll even come up with meal plans for you. Yeah. It's a pretty good deal if you find somebody you like. Yeah. Yep. I just did some quick math. I think that works out to $55 a session, Laura. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it that way, it's not as bad. That sounds about right for personal training. I did a personal training session once like 10 years ago. I got it free with my 24-hour fitness membership. Mm-hmm. Destroyed me. I was in yep. so much pain. But it does work because you're using muscles you hadn't before. You're challenging them in new ways. And you see people who have personal trainers. It works. Like I woke up this morning. First thing I did, as always, load up Instagram. First post. Pam, did you see this this morning? Anthony about to jump into like a freezing lake. Oh, my God. He's wearing nothing but Um, this little. No, but I'm going to look it up right now. (laughs) Wearing nothing but this little bathing suit. I was like, good morning to Anthony and only Anthony. But he uses a person. Why do I bring this up? He has a personal trainer and it clearly works. So yeah, but he's rich. That's I know, I know. And he's on TV, so yeah. These kinds of services are most accessible to people who have a lot of money. Yeah. And I am not in a financial position to spend a thousand dollars every six months on a personal trainer, even though I'm not saying I don't see the value Mm -hmm. because that session kicked my ass. Yeah. But I just I don't have the money for it. So Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to take away the lessons that I learned from that session about how I can push myself harder. And it's been working so far. I've I've definitely been better Mm -hmm. since then. I might need to maybe I'll like buy one session every few months, just a one off just to make sure that I'm like on track. Yeah. Nobody can afford that kind of shit. (laughs) But then do you feel guilty when the trainer's like, all right, so do you want to book more sessions? And you're like, nah, because I would just feel bad. You know, that's my whole thing. Like if you get somebody that just happens to be there all the time, it's really hard to avoid eye contact. (laughs) You feel really guilty for wasting that person's. I know it's like not wasting their time, but still. And I'm in a little gym, so there's no avoiding these personal trainers. But 
Yeah, I don't know. That's where like, you know, Beachbody's been a, a sponsor on the show. Those those really push you and will break you in mm-hmm. in ways that you haven't been broken before. It, those are like personal trainers and a lot cheaper. That's why Pat sticks with that. He doesn't have Anthony's body, but I mean, it's good enough. Yeah, people in our Discord are thirsting over Anthony. <laughs> I think Hot you've post. struck a chord. Right, Pam? Did you see? Oh, yeah. He's like the number one thirst trapper that I on my feed all the time. I almost had to report it. <laughs> it was damaging me. I decided not to ultimately. He, over Valentine's Day, announced his boyfriend. That was exciting as well. I'm like, oh, <gasps> that's cute. Yeah, it kind of uh, took the wind out of Pat's very nice Valentine's Day post for me. I'm like, yeah, that's nice. But did you see Anthony and his new boyfriend? Pat's post oh. for you was His last adorable. boyfriend was super attractive. I know, so sweet. So I haven't seen the new one, but... You know, I followed that old boyfriend, so I'm not going to follow this one now, in part because he's private, but I don't want to be let down again, so... We like talking about big internet discussions here on the show, and Twitter was lit a few days ago when this new interview with the CEO of Delta came out. He said that everybody should be asking permission from the person behind them before they recline their seat on the plane. <laughs> everybody was like, what the fuck? Now, did, now, wait, did Delta ask its customers permission before they crammed like five more rows of seats into their fucking airplanes? Yeah, yeah, good point. Go he fuck said, yourself. I, <laughs> he said, I think customers have the right to recline. We've been testing reduced recline. Oh, fuck that. But I think that the proper thing to do is if you're going to recline into somebody that you ask if it's okay first. Then he added, I never say anything myself, though. (laughs) Probably because he's in first class. So Right. Exactly. I never recline anyway because I'm always like I I hate it when people recline into me. Um, Like my knees already I have kind of long legs. So my knees already touch the back of the seat in front of me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when they recline back, it's like they're in my lap. So on principle, I don't personally recline. Um, yeah. But at the same time, if somebody does recline into me, I don't say anything. I just let it happen. I, always- I You know what? I I go the same route that you take is I, I don't recline, but then I, I do feel squished because if everybody reclined, it would be fine. You know what I mean? I feel like everybody should just recline and then we wouldn't have that problem because you would get the same amount yeah. of space as you would have if you weren't reclined and the person in front of you wasn't right, either. Right. A flight attendant should come on and say, all right, everybody, make sure your seatbelt is fastened and recline on three. One, two, three. <laughs> lean back. Lean back. Lean back. I will recline. I feel guilty about it, though. I do not feel guilty if the person behind me is reclined. So t- so sometimes I will check to see if that person is reclined. If they are, then I don't feel bad at all because I know they're doing it as well. Um, for me, the big problem is because I, I have a bigger laptop for editing and working. It's just easier with the bigger screen. These laptops, you cannot open them fully, especially when somebody reclines in front of you. And that pisses me off but what am i gonna do oh, i'm not gonna tell them i'm not gonna tell somebody they can't recline though so yeah i've I kind don't of know. given up honestly trying to do anything on my laptop unless the middle seat next to me is vacant because it's really hard to to type yeah so uh i'm i don't think any of us are going to start asking people to recline and this just doesn't look good for delta like you shouldn't be expected to do that now there might be this extra expectation to ask before you recline this guy uh, might need to apologize for what he said, in my opinion. So I am still in L.A., as people who are tuned in live 
can tell. Um, I'm officially ready to go. Last week, I was like, I'm feeling great. This is great. But now I'm ready to go. I did everything I wanted to do. I saw the people I wanted to see. I killed the people I needed to kill. I'm ready to get out of here now. Um, I did meet Jewel for my first time, our social media manager. Isn't she wonderful? Yeah, it was sweet. It was sweet. We spoke about the show and about how much we love you two. And I got my flu shot the day after recording Yay! last week. Yay! <laughs> I I said to the uh, doctor, better late than never. <laughs> and the doctor just looked at you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, asshole. <laughs> Washed his hands a bunch of times around me. Um, and then Jewel and I, we went to Podcast Movement. That is an annual podcast conference. I went to the one in Orlando with Micah and Eric from MuggleCast over the summer. And I really liked it. So since I was going to be out here, I decided I wanted to go to this one as well. It was a smaller version. But it was it was really good. In a panel that Jewel went to, Pam, Chase Crawford was in the audience from Gossip, from Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl? Yeah. How about that? Oh, he's super attractive, too, speaking of attractive people. <laughs> well, so she she didn't see him. But after, she saw the, the moderator on Twitter. And the moderator was like, oh, by the way, Chase Crawford was there? What the hell? And then people were like, yeah, I saw him, too. Wasn't that crazy? So maybe look for a podcast from Chase Crawford soon. Like, <laughs> I mean, the, those like rewatch podcasts for shows are really big right now. I feel like every show has one. So maybe. Oh, so you you're know, saying he might he'll do a be Gossip. doing a Gossip Girl rewatch. Yeah, because there's that big one from two of the stars of The Office, Office Ladies. So maybe yes, something like that. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, fe- I don't know if he was joking or not, but I did see Zach Braff tweet about maybe doing a Scrubs one. Oh, okay. With Donald Faison. Yeah. Ooh, if cool. we were going to do a rewatch podcast, what show would we do? <sighs> Lost. Yeah, I know. Lost I, didn't, I didn't watch Lost. Oh, well, that's, that's perfect. Good. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. You could be the new person. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? Is, is that always how these more interesting go? when you have somebody okay. that's never seen it before? Okay. Or ha- or how about the West Wing? I haven't seen the West Wing. <sighs> I can be the idiot, and you two oh, can be the be expert. Still, my heart. That, <laughs> and then we would get to season five, and I would be like, "Who the fuck gets kidnapped in Georgetown?" Anyway. <laughs> so that was a good time. It's because of listeners supporting us on Patreon that we were able to go to that. So thank you, everybody who supports us. We are very proud to be a listener-supported show at patreon.com slash millennial. Support us at the $5 level over at patreon.com slash millennial, and you can gain access to our flagship benefit, After Dark, the Millennial Variety Show, our exclusive Discord channel to chat with the hosts, and a whole lot more. We really appreciate everybody's support. It's time now for Laura's Rage of the Week. Co-opted by Andrew. Ubers. So are you guys ever in an Uber and the driver is not playing any music? Yes. No. What? You're lucky, Pam. This happens pretty regularly. Mm -mm. That's never happened to me before. Wow. I absolutely despise it because you're sitting there in utter silence. You hear every noise coming out of that out of the driver you hear every noise coming out of the car i get self-conscious because then i'm like oh my god am i swallowing too loud am i sniffing too loud you know it's just it's just awkward and i'm thinking of that poor driver like he sits in the car in silence for nine ten hours a day that's sad where does he get joy in his life i wonder though if drivers like that just turn off their music or whatever they're listening to when they get a ride and then turn it back on. Oh, maybe. They could be thinking, you know, they don't want to offend anybody if somebody doesn't particularly care for the music they're playing, yeah. which I think is stupid. Like, if I'm in somebody's car, they play whatever music they want, you know? 
I don't care. I've had a few yeah. play audiobooks before, and that's been really interesting or like motivational yes. tapes. <laughs> I've heard motivational tapes before. I'm like, oh, this poor yeah. person. <laughs> They're looking to break free from Uber. <laughs> I've heard like, <laughs> like get down, like gospel, like Jesus, like mm-hmm. rock music. And mm-hmm. it was just like on loop, the same three songs. Like it was clearly like a singles album from this yeah. one Christian rock band. And it just played over and over and over. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. You thought that if you were in an Uber, you needed Jesus or something. I mean, that night I probably did. <laughs> it would have been funny if back when I was Ubering, I played Millennial. And then they hear me. And then they hear me in the car. And they're like, wait, is are you, are you listening to yourself, <laughs> you weirdo? <laughs> Instead of like the free candy or the free mini bottles, you just had a stack of millennial stickers yeah. for people to take. And like I'm laughing at my own jokes and all of our jokes. Like, ha, 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 this is such a great podcast. But it could also help promote the show. If like 10 new people are getting exposed to it every day and you're Ubering five times a week, that's 50 potential new people. They're like, yeah. oh, wow, this podcast sounds great. How do I listen? You're getting paid to promote millennial. You could put on a fake accent. For when they get in the car, so they don't know that that's you talking. Yeah, I would just do my Jeff Sessions or <laughs> Welcome to my car. Where are you going today? <laughs> oh, I forget. Where are you going again? <laughs> also, any smell in an Uber, good or bad. I don't want to smell anything in an Uber. I do not want to register a scent in my nose because then I'm thinking about it. They try to make it smell good, but it inevitably smells bad, right? Yeah. 100%. Some of these car and air fresheners. I swear to God, it's the same. They all have the same air freshener smell mm-hmm. and it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it can be abrasive for sure. Yeah. And then you think about that and you want to give them a worse rating because the smell is repulsive to you. I've definitely had drivers in the past too that are obvious very obviously smokers because you can kind of smell that kind of permeating in the air even if they're not smoking and so i know that they're using this really strong air freshener because they're trying to mask the smoke scent but it's just a recipe for disaster yeah it never and i'm prone to getting car sick anyway oh really like yeah especially in the back seat and stuff Mm -hmm. Uh -uh. do you ever try to sit in front with them that's weird people do that though they'll come up to the car and say hey can i sit in the front and i don't like it either but what am i gonna do tell them no get in the back yeah uh something that i'll add i'll pile on here i really don't like jerky driving in general Mm -hmm. when anybody does it um but it's something that i've experienced in ubers several times where the driver just seems like they think the priority is to get me there as fast as they can. So they have like little to no regard for traffic laws and will just like whip in and out of traffic or like slam on the brakes when they get to lights. And that kind of stuff makes me feel sick. (laughs) I would just, I would rather you take the extra five minutes um, because, you know, I want to feel like I'm not going to die in route. Yeah, that happened to or- me last time when I took an Uber in LA to um the Burbank airport, and L- LA traffic's just so bad. I would rather have them stay in one lane, and I thought that we were going to crash for sure. Mm. And then yeah. by the time I got there, I think I, I'm already like, sometimes I can be prone to being a nervous flyer. So it's like being in an Uber where I feel like we're going to get into a car crash. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And the- then going to the airport right after was not a good time yeah or when they break too heavily yeah and we all know 
our, we have friends and family who do this too i'm sure mm-hmm. you know they, they're always braking so heavily so you keep lunging forward and especially in stop and go traffic that's just the worst man you gotta feather your brakes yes you, you gotta feather them roll make it, make it a nice gentle stop unless you know you're gonna crash and which case that's different <laughs> well if you take ubers to places that you need to look stylish yet comfortable then our next sponsor is for you this week's episode of millennial is brought to you by untuck it makers of traditional button-ups that aren't long or baggy so there's no tucking in these are perfect for those times where you need to be wearing something dressed casual but you don't want the hassle of a shirt that feels tight on you because you need to tuck it down your pants i hate tucking in because i feel like i'm putting my crotch on display and i don't like doing that and the beauty with many of these is that you can wear these anytime anywhere and still fit right in and that's because they make you look like you can dress yourself well all while you make no sacrifice to your comfort. These are the types of shirts that will work for you every day of the week. I love how untucked shirts fit my frame, and they've got over 50 fit combinations for you to enjoy, no matter your size and shape. As I've gone around LA meeting up with old friends, they've been a perfect way to impress my friends with my brilliant fashion choices. It shows them that I can still keep myself together. So (laughs) they're glad to see I haven't lost my mind. Browse their website today. Start with the new arrivals, then peruse the rest of their site. I know you're going to find something that you love. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code M-I-L-L for 20% off your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the United States. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code M-I-L-L for 20% off your first order. So we did receive a confessional that I thought was very um, relevant to a lot of sexually active millennials out there. And uh, it seems like they're looking for me and Pam to answer. So I think we'll have some good insights for you. Um, This writer says, so I only recently became sexually active for the first time in my life at 28 years old, no less. I would like to point out that this proves not all millennials are having as much sex as everyone thinks, and that's totally okay. I'm such a paranoid person, and I never, ever want to get pregnant. (laughs) Praise. (laughs) I was wondering how women deal with it. Like, not being paranoid at all times. I'm on the pill, and we also use condoms, so my logical side says the odds are so low that I'll get pregnant. But there's that part of me that thinks I'd be the unlucky statistic. I got a batch of, like, 50 of those cheaper stick pregnancy tests just for my own peace of mind if I'm ever feeling super paranoid. But I was wondering if the ladies on the panel had anything to say about this. We'd one day maybe like to ditch the condoms, but part of me likes them as a safety net, you know? I can't imagine how nervous I'd be without them. I feel like we've all had a pregnancy scare (laughs) at some point. And honestly, I think what you're doing with having pregnancy tests handy is a really good idea. Um, I usually have one kicking around the house just in case I get worried. Um, But... Birth control methods, if used appropriately, are so highly effective that the chances of failure uh, are pretty slim. I will say there are certain methods that are more foolproof than others. I'm a big fan of IUDs. Um, I've had an IUD for like three years at this point. Uh, It hasn't failed me yet. I'm going to knock on wood. (laughs) 
Um, but what I like about that is that it's kind of like a set it, set it and forget it type thing. Like once it's in, it's in. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to take a pill at a set time every day. Um, and then just every few years, you have to get it replaced. So that's my preference. Um, I think in terms of ditching condoms, just be on the smart side of that and really be sure that that's something that you're both comfortable with. Because of course, pregnancy isn't the only concern that comes with unprotected sex. Um, So I would just recommend being in a place where you're comfortable enough with your partner that like, you're both open about doing things like getting tested for STDs every so often just to make sure everything's in the clear. Some people can be really weird about that and like, think that you're accusing them of something if you say that maybe that's something y'all should do. Um, So I would say maybe make sure that you're in a good place, like communication wise and transparency wise before you do that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that um, it's super normal to go through a phase when you first start being sexually active where you think, oh my God, did like, did the condom slip? Did it break? And I just didn't notice, you know, why is my period late? For me, um, I totally relate to that because my period does not necessarily come very regularly because I'm always stressed out or anxious and that shit fucks with your cycle. So if you're already paranoid about the possibility of being pregnant and you have an irregular period anyway, like, I totally get why you're freaked out. But like Laura, I think that, um, you know, IUDs are a really great option because you know that it's been put in right because somebody with medical experience has done it for you. And, you know, like she also said, the more that, you know, you get used to to using that as your primary source of protection. If you're with a partner for, you know, a steady period of time, you guys decide you don't want to use condoms anymore, then you're just going to naturally feel more confident in the fact that it's doing what it's supposed to do. You'll naturally feel all right. (laughs) Megan in our discord did point out that pregnancy tests do expire. So bear that in mind if you're like stockpiling them. Mm. Um, My approach is to just have one around, you know, and then if I end up using it, I'll like pick up another one. Go get another one. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just for peace of mind. It's also handy for for friends. You know, if friends are worried, (laughs) then you can be like, look, you don't even have to go out and take one. I got one here for you. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, fine. But sell it to them for double what you paid. It's the convenience. (laughs) Convenience charge. Oh, my God. Always looking to squeeze another buck out of people. I'm sick. (laughs) Andrew, do you keep pregnancy tests handy? Just in case your female friends, yeah, come for my to downstairs and... neighbor, she can just call. <laughs> they they take ice from us all the time because their ice maker is broke. Maybe I'll start charging them for ice, and then I'll also throw in a free uh, pregnancy test. There you go. It sounds to me, since this person is new, that they're paranoid now. But in time, once they realize that you know having sex isn't going to suddenly set off uh, getting pregnant, you'll be less paranoid about it. Yeah, like your your boyfriend does not have magical jizz that can like penetrate through a condom if put on <laughs> properly. Some guys do, but not him. <laughs> not him. <laughs> Break straight through. By the way, Laura, was that a Del Taco cup I saw? This? Yeah. Um, 
No, it's City Barbecue. Oh, never mind. My apologies. Yeah, it's a chain here. And they instead of giving you the disposable cups, you get these reusable plastic ones. Very Mark, nice. Mark is an enormous carnivore, loves barbecues. So we have like 50 of these cups. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I recently had Del Taco in Vegas after like years. Mm-hmm. And oh my God. You're going to laugh at me for saying this, but I find it so fresh. <laughs> it's good. No, it is. It is. Good. Thank yeah. you. It's really okay. good. Especially Pat after a night me. of drinking. I love me a good chicken soft taco from Del Taco. And now they got the Beyond Meat. I was so excited. Those Beyond Chicken Tacos are so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Anytime we're doing like fast food Mexican food, um, it's usually Del Taco because I like their Beyond Meat tacos. And they do like the Beyond Meat with the avocado in yes. them as well. Mm, and real good. we went into a newer Del Taco, so I don't know mm-hmm. if all of these, ha- all of them have this, but right at the front along the line where you order, there's a station where a woman is just cutting up fresh ingredients like Chipotle. I was like, oh, wow, it really is fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never actually been inside one before, but only oh. drive through just to see. Oh. Yeah, I've only done drive through too. Go in one of the new ones, experience the prep table, I guess you would call it. But yeah, Del Taco, good stuff. Forgot how good it was. So, Michael Bloomberg made headlines this week for a lot of reasons. He's been taunting Trump, and that's been pretty entertaining because it really bothers Trump when another alleged billionaire teases him. But so, Michael Bloomberg has started paying influencers to promote him on their social media channels. They began connecting with influencers on Tribe, a site I'd never heard of before, but this is a branded yeah. content marketplace that connects social media influencers with the brands that want to advertise to their followers. For a fixed $150 fee, the Bloomberg campaign is pitching micro-influencers, someone who has from 1,000 to 100,000 followers, to create original content that tells us why Mike Bloomberg is the electable candidate who can rise above the fray, work across the aisle so all Americans feel heard and respected. And uh, the campaign copy says, are you sick of the chaos and infighting overshadowing the issues that matter most? Please express your thoughts verbally or for still image posts, please overlay text about why you support Mike. So I thought this was interesting because I think he's the only candidate who's doing this right now. And I think we are going to see more of this in this campaign because this is an effective way to reach people. Who knows? We might get an offer later this year from from Trump or or the Democratic nominee. I have very mixed feelings about this, um, primarily because really diving into this and seeing what the main push is here. Um, It looks like the plan is more centered around generating a lot of content that looks to be original that they can then use like in campaign ads Mm. and things like that, just to be like, look at all of this original content that people just made because they think Bloomberg is great. So I think that's kind of dishonest. Yes. What a big what you're supposed to do if you're receiving money, you're supposed to say that this is a sponsored post. So I think needless to say, none of us would sell our Instagrams to Mike Bloomberg for $150, right? No. We asked on Patreon too, what's the cheapest price you'd sell your Instagram feed for for a candidate you don't really want to support? 31 people said, I would not sell myself to a candidate I don't like. Good for you. Appreciate that. Um 
27 people said $1,000, <laughs> which seems really high. No offense, y'all, but y'all probably have like a couple hundred followers at most. That's a lot of what? money to ask. Rude. <laughs> Rude. Eight people said $500. Three people said less than $50. I'm a cheap date. Um, nobody said the 150. <laughs> nobody was okay with just that 150. One person said 250. And we got a lot of feedback, too. I wanted to talk about this because we see these more and more politics aside. And like some people in my feed, I see posting sponsored content. And I'm like, why am I still following this person? Because at times it feels like they're posting more sponsored content than real content. Yeah, it's it's effectively native advertising Mm -hmm. all over again, just on your social feeds. And that's annoying enough when you're reading Something like BuzzFeed, which is a really odd place because sometimes their news is really good and their coverage is really good. And then other times it's like, you know, five reasons why, you know, getting grass stains in your clothes isn't the worst thing ever. And then it's like sponsored by fucking Tide, you know, (laughs) and it just it, it does get really taxing because, again, the idea behind social media and I think what attracted most of us to it in the first place was that it was a place to foster connections with people. And now it's just turning into a place for influencers to make money. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny you mentioned BuzzFeed because I, I don't know how much I, I don't think you guys watch very much YouTube, but. I, you know, I check in fairly regularly and the BuzzFeed videos are so interesting to me because you can definitely tell, even if you watch like a handful of creators, when advertisers are spending money on YouTubers, you know, but the funny thing to me is that like, I'll watch, you know, say like a BuzzFeed video. It's happened a few times before with like some of their branded content, like Ladylike. And it's like, I know that this is an ad. I know that like, Universal paid them to come and promote the new Jurassic Park ride. And then I look in the description and there there's like nothing there that says this gift, like these tickets were comped, you know, like they paid us for this, but it's clearly an advertisement. And I don't really know how people get away with not disclosing that. And especially because there are a lot of younger people that watch. That's what like pisses me off. Like, I don't care if I see it because, you know, I know what's what. Yeah. But it it angers me because of, you know, these younger kids that are watching and they think that, you know, right. it was endorsed organically. Well, and then say. think about younger voters who are seeing somebody like Mike Bloomberg get the cool hip treatment mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram and none of it's genuine. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's another way of buying an election. The reason why they get away with that, Pam, is because this is just so hard to enforce. Just think of all the people putting out sponsored content. You know, they can start cracking down individually, but that's going to take a while. And I guess the FTC, is that who's responsible, would have to ramp up. Yeah. Ramp up uh, a group to keep an eye on this. You do make a a good point about that. And I know that, like, in the UK specifically, they've really cracked down on you know, you needing to to make sure that you are complying by their rules. So that's why, like, a lot of these influencers that are based out there, even in um, their Instagram stories, you'll see that they have to say, like, this product was gifted. I'm mm-hmm. an affiliate of this product. And, and that's when you really start to notice, like, just how much of what you thought 
you know, these people bought on their own or, you know, just like enjoyed and wanted to share with you. It's, it's all kind of like a lie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It shatters the glass. But but I appreciate the transparency, even if they're being forced to do it because it's, you know, it's the law. Mm -hmm. I follow a gay married couple and they post a pretty good amount of sponsored content. And sometimes I'm tempted to unfollow them. PJ and Thomas, their names are. They also uh, renovate houses. So they've got a bunch going on. It's it's interesting to follow. I mean, of course, I only follow them because they're hot. And the one guy is shirtless like half the time. So that's really why I do it. And, and uh, Pat does too. So we kind of talk about them from time to time. But sometimes I'm tempted to unfollow because it gets too far. I think like Tom Felton, he was posting a lot of sponsored content. So I unfollowed him. Have you guys ever unfollowed somebody because... Somebody posts too much sponsored content. Nah, it depends on who it is and what they're sponsoring, honestly. Some people that I, I'm just like, yeah, you get that coin because, <laughs> you know, I like them and I feel like they're good people. But what if it becomes too but, much? But if you're over here, like, sponsoring Fit Tea every week, then I'm probably more inclined to unfollow you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it also just depends on how authentic they seem. Like, you can tell... When somebody is literally just doing an endorsement for money um, and it's it's not to toot our horn too much, but it's one of the things that I really like about how we handle sponsorships on this show. Mm -hmm. We turn down plenty of things that we just don't think are going to appeal to our audience or things that, you know, we don't personally like. And we only take on sponsorships of things that we've tried and actually enjoyed and that we think you all will enjoy. Mm -hmm. And I think that difference is pretty clear when yeah. you see somebody who's like clearly never really tried the thing that they're advertising before. Yeah. So even though we have ads and we're really proud of the ads, like I'm still mm -hmm. like super flattered that advertisers actually want to sponsor the show. Mm -hmm. And I love that our audience actually uses those codes and whatnot. So thank you. But let's talk about these, how much money you can make. So this is according to Tribe's website. If you have anywhere from 3,000 to 25,000 followers, you can make per post $100 to $250. That's not bad. No. 25 to 50% higher rate if you do video and motion, it says. 25,000 to 50,000 followers, you can make 250 to $400. 50 to 100,000 followers, you can make 400 to $600. 100,000 to 500,000, you can make 600 to $1,200, which actually seems a little low to me because that's a lot of people. Yeah. But at these rates, would you guys be tempted? Let's say you had 10,000 followers. You had a good following, maybe through this podcast or through... I don't know, a website you write for, would you guys be tempted? Because I think it's a little embarrassing to make a sponsored post on social media. I don't, it's not cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it just depends on what it is, honestly. But it's hard because even if like, it's hard for me also to separate it from what I do. But even if I was a, a lifestyle blog, I, I think that it's important to be a little bit more picky, like, you know, like we've definitely said no to stuff before on this show, because if your whole thing is trying to make sure that your audience trusts you and knows that you're going to be honest with them, I mean, it's really easy to get fake real mm -hmm. quick and people mm -hmm. will catch on. It ju it's just awkward to me when like you follow somebody and for years it's all organic posts, like nothing sponsored. And then all of a sudden one day you're scrolling through your feed and <laughs> here's an ad for wine or a manscaper. Mm -hmm. And you're like, uh, this isn't genuinely you. You went from 
being organic and real to being paid off to promote uh, something that fucking worst, shave your balls. Yeah, and the worst is when they go like the multi-level marketing route and it's like, wow, we were actually friends like a few years ago and now all you post about is like vitamin supplements. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's definitely uh, a turnoff and... If I saw somebody advertising Bloomberg in this way, I would unfollow them like mm-hmm. immediately. <laughs> yeah, because like this is the future of our country on the line. Yeah. It's not Pizza Hut. I'm not going to sell my soul to Mike Bloomberg for $150. He's fucking, this guy's fucking loaded. He's offering $150. Okay. <laughs> How about this? How about he starts paying off the student loans of some people on Instagram, then they go and post as a sponsored post and in the copy it's like (laughs) mike paid off my student loans he's gonna help pay off yours too when he becomes president this november vote mike no the sad thing is is that that is tempting and i hate myself for saying that (laughs) well especially with i mean you look at trump's budget every year he's looking for a way to fuck us on student loans right and in this most recent budget he proposed eliminating the public service loan forgiveness program which is not something I benefit from personally right now, but it, it does feel like a slippery slope thing. Well, like if we're starting with PSLF, then which loan programs are on the chopping block next? Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it would never get through the house. Um, so we're fine for now. But it's like if this guy gets elected for another four years, what kind of financial situation are we going to put into be put into and i think that's where somebody like a bloomberg it's like if it's bloomberg or trump we're gonna have to make the icky choice you Mm -hmm. know i wouldn't love it i mean i would literally be like holding my nose at the polls (laughs) one reason mike is so early out of the gate with these types of posts i think is because nobody is talking about him nobody cares about him bernie supporters they go on social media for no money and rave about him my downstairs neighbor huge bernie fan she made a post i should show it well maybe i shouldn't i don't want people looking her up um but she's wearing a bernie sweater and then the copy is like ask me about medicare for all ask me about all these other bernie things i'm supporting bernie sanders i'm like good for you i guess that's that's good you can go out there and do that yeah but mike doesn't have those people so he needs to pay them off and 150 dollars, like you're saying it's not worth it that's that's not enough to put yourself out there as a as a Mike fan. That doesn't even cover half of my monthly student loan payment. (laughs) In the 2016 campaign, we had on Hypable Hillary ads and we got offered Trump ads. And I said, no, 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 no. Thank (laughs) you. We'll pass. (laughs) Can you imagine though, you just see these big Trump ads on Hypable? (laughs) I would be so upset. (laughs) I turned down money. For people like you, Laura, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. No, you should turn down money for basic human morality. I know. I'm because kidding. you have a soul. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Andrew's like, yeah, sure. Mike, do you want to advertise on Hypable? We'll do that. <sighs> I don't want to do a personal endorsement, but we'll run Mike ads on on the site. You can run Mike ads if he's the nominee. <laughs> if he came to Millennial and said, hey, I want to run an ad, what would we do? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I would be hard no. <laughs> I would be a hard no. What if it paid triple our current rates? I would still say no. Mm, well, I guess it would come down to a vote. I would probably <laughs> say yeah. <laughs> Pam, what would you say? 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I just, I, I think I'm inclined to say no because it, it I mean, <sighs> like, is that is that worth going forward with that permanent stain on the reputation? Is it a stain? I guess it is. Well, yeah. If you piss off all of the people that listen, well, maybe and, we ask the you know, listeners. Say like all of the people we that have, pledge on Patreon. We have a fairly progressive audience, and I have a feeling <laughs> they would be against this. I think you're right. Yeah, he'd have to pay us a lot, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. That'd be cool. And it would have to be like a Unity ad. Like, okay, I'm Mike yeah. Bloomberg, and I'm voting blue no matter who. Right. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> that would be more palatable. So to wrap this up, just want to say, keep an eye on posts this year. I mean, when people are talking about candidates, just check to make sure they're not sponsored. And keep an eye out. You can tell sometimes. A good tell is like, is this person just raving about the person for no good reason? Like, do they normally talk about this person or company? Just be careful out there. Don't believe everything you see. Well, if you want to look cooler than Bloomberg, uh, our next sponsor is for you. This sponsor is Bombas. They're new to the show, and it's very appropriate for me because I am a reformed barefoot enthusiast. Um, Mm. So my new Bombas socks came at the right time for me. These are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They're made from super soft, natural cotton, and every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. I got several pairs of their cotton socks and one pair of their merino wool socks, and these are honestly really cozy. I wear them to work, the gym, and just to hang around the house, especially during the colder months. Those... (laughs) You can see Andrew's foot right now. I'm wearing them. <laughs> Those wool socks are coming in handy. Um, they also have great colors and patterns that go with pretty much anything. And for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Buy your Bombas at bombas.com slash M-I-L-L today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash M-I-L-L for 20% off bombas.com slash m-i-l-l to get your bomb ass socks <laughs> did you come up with that i did, did. <laughs> these are my go-to socks in all seriousness yeah i switched to bombas and i never went back they're super comfortable yeah i really like them i'm somebody who um normally socks make my feet feel claustrophobic and i would i would wear flip-flops 12 months out of the year <laughs> Mm-hmm. if if mm-hmm. allowed um but several people in my life gave, sent me a message at christmas by giving me socks i literally have so many socks now but then bombas came in clutch later with by providing me with some really nice like thick warm yeah. socks which have been I, great i will also say they are warm but they still breathe like at the mm-hmm. gym my feet aren't too hot and that's what i was initially worried about because they are comfier they seem a little thicker than other types of socks but these i don't know what they did but the the blend is perfect like they breathe and yet they are warm it's good stuff mm-hmm. let's talk about birds of prey did did anybody see birds of prey by the way before we i did not i not yet. Genu- i generally avoid dc films honestly you you should probably go see this one because i went to see it and i thought it was fantastic hmm. so um for those of you that maybe missed it birds of prey came out on february 7th i believe and the full title of this film is a mouthful it's 
Birds of Prey, parentheses, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Uh, but I guess WB and DC realized that that was maybe a little bit too long, a little bit too convoluted, because oh, they announced with very little fanfare last week that they've changed the name of the film to help out with SEO. And that's kind of why I wanted to bring this up, because, you know, we all work in in web you know, in some form or another. So SEO is something that, you know, we all deal with. And maybe it's something that any somebody out there listening also deals with as Search well. Search engine optimization. Right, exactly. And in a nutshell, what does that do? Helps people find it? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so this was a huge oversight on WB's part. Uh, the best part is, though, is that they, they didn't really, you know, mention that they were doing this and people started finding out as they realized that all of the ticket sale websites and the theaters had changed the name to Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, mm -hmm. and that's it. And then a day later, they actually spoke with The Verge and said that they had done it, it, it uh, just to help with search expansion for ticket sites and also to help people figure out what the movie was about. Because people might not be familiar with Birds of Prey. I know I wasn't before, you know, they announced this movie, but... Most everybody knows who Harley Quinn is, especially thanks to Suicide Squad Yeah, from 2016. SEO rule number one, you never put the keyword at the end of the title. <laughs> In this case, Harley Quinn was at the end of a long title. But I just thought it was also for brand recognition, isn't it? Because if you have Harley Quinn at the beginning, then people are like, oh, okay, I guess I know Harley Quinn, whereas less people know Birds of Prey. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. really, the general public does not know either of these things, so... Box office wise, I can see why it bombed. I'm not sure this title change would have actually helped, but this is just embarrassing for WB. Like they realized this days after it hits theaters. Where was this thought weeks, months earlier? That that's exactly the point as well, because you know, they pay a lot of people to figure out how to brand and advertise these big budget blockbuster movies, and yet they did not do this with Birds of Prey, which, you know, like, for example, I, I know it's a different company, but maybe Doctor Strange over at Marvel is a similar concept, right? Because a lot of people that don't read the comic books might not be familiar with who Doctor Strange is. But Marvel and Disney were smart enough to make it feel like it was something that you needed to watch to get another part of this saga, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why DC couldn't figure out how to do this, especially because they've put all their eggs into one basket in terms of, you know, um, kind of really diving into the Joker backstory. And even though Harley Quinn is her own character, she really does fall into that. So it was a definite it was definitely an interesting choice all around, honestly. What do you make of the concerns that the R rating might have impacted it as well? And that maybe like some of the target audience wouldn't have been able to even attend the movie i really think that they might have shot themselves in the foot with that as well do you think that especially in... because when you look at the trailers it doesn't really look like it's going to be r-rated mm -hmm. like i didn't realize it was r-rated until i i was already sitting down in the theater and the only reason i realized that is because the the trailers that run before our movies tend to be a little bit more intense mm-hmm I was like, oh, is this an R movie? And then I looked at my ticket stub and I was like, oh, sure enough, it's R. Do you think mm. that the R rating was warranted or was it like they did stuff in the film just to justify an R rating? I guess it is a little bit violent, but I don't think I don't think it was that vulgar or 
You know, like if you compare it to like, say, it's it's this is a bad comparison because Deadpool is on another level, but it's not a gritty R like Joker, right? So Mm -hmm. I guess Deadpool would be the closest thing you could compare it to because it is kind of like humor mixed with violence. Mm -hmm. WB Um, is really bad at naming movies. Like Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. What the movie was not about the Crimes of Grindelwald, really. I still don't understand that title. You think about like The Hobbit. There and Back Again was one of the original titles. Then they split it into three movies. So then it was... Unexpected Journey, Desolation of Smaug, and then that last one I'm forgetting. I didn't see those movies because The Hobbit was one of my favorite books as a child, and I refused to watch. Yes, and I refused to watch Peter Jackson try and turn a 300-page book into three fucking movies by including (laughs) a whole bunch of shit. It didn't even happen. Some people really liked them. Others very much hated them. My brother loved them. The last movie was called The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. That's like like a statement as opposed to like an engaging title. You know what I mean? But at least they put The Hobbit in front of all of those titles. And it yeah. wasn't The Battle of the Five Armies, The, the Hobbit. Hobbit. <laughs> the Battle of the Five Armies and The Hobbit. The Half-Blood Prince and Harry Potter coming soon to theaters. <laughs> I don't know. It, it just like, it does really suck because I do think that the movie was really well done. And also, if you're somebody that really wants to support women in film, like this movie was directed and written and stars women. Um, and yeah, I don't know. If, if it doesn't make more in the box office, you know, a sequel's not going to be green lit. And I don't necessarily think that everything needs a sequel. But it is unfortunate when you look at it from like a representation standpoint. Um, that, you know, this movie might have done better if all of those people that are making bank over at WB and DC had thought about how they were going to roll this out to make it more interesting and appealing, you know, when to I, a, a wider audience. When I hear Birds of Prey, I think nature documentary, not DC <laughs> production. And I bet most people feel that way. Yeah, but that's it, fair. But it does make you wonder how invested were these execs in the in the success of this movie beyond the financial payout you Mm -hmm. know like was there the assumption like oh it's a comic book movie so it's gonna do really well we don't have to worry about it instead of recognizing the fact that like hey this is a movie that is you know created by and stars a group of traditionally marginalized people and we need to make sure that we do this right because you're already kind of fighting an uphill battle Anyway, you know, it just it feels like not enough care was put in. And that's disappointing. Right. And even that aside, you know, WB is really struggling with these DC comic book movies. So you would think that they would take any chance to make them pop off so that people would care as much as they do about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Mm -hmm. for example. And they're not just like looking to to repeat like batman over and over again because that's the only thing they can find success with well if watching birds prey on each other stresses you out like (laughs) it does me which is why i didn't see birds of prey then our next sponsor is for you talk space talk space is therapy for how we live today not only have all of us been to therapy but we've also all used talk space we know how great this is when you're busy like we all are the first thing that falls to the bottom of the list tends to be taking care of yourself i don't have time or money for that people tend to say But with Talkspace, those problems are solved. Talkspace matches you with a licensed therapist who can reach out to you anytime, anywhere. 
I've loved using it because I can get therapy while on my own couch or on a couch that's halfway across the country from home. My therapist is always a text away. They typically get back to you within a couple hours. In fact, Talkspace will actually tell you the estimated amount of time it'll take for them to reply so you know when you can expect a response. I really like that. This has been so great for me, not only for the convenience, but for the effectiveness. It's great to have somebody there who I can open up to to talk things through with. Like with real therapy, it may take a couple tries before you find the perfect match. I actually didn't like my first therapist. Talkspace makes it easy to switch, and now I'm a lot happier with my second one. In fact, she just messaged me while we've uh, been recording. The bottom line is that life can be hard, and Talkspace wants to give more of us the support we need at a price we can afford. As a listener of this podcast, you can get $100 off your first month on Talkspace. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code MILL to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's MILL and Talkspace.com. Well, speaking of some people who might benefit from some talk therapy, I think anybody who works in the current Justice Department is probably feeling discouraged after the events of the last week or so. Just to recap, 1,100 former Justice Department officials released a joint statement calling for the resignation of Attorney General Bill Barr in the midst of the Justice Department overruling its own sentencing sentencing request for Roger Stone. Um, just as a recap on Roger Stone, he's one of the many associates of Donald Trump who was convicted through the Mueller report for contributing to um, colluding with foreign influencers. And I believe he was also one of the main connections between the Trump campaign and WikiLeaks. Um Four justice officials had recommended a seven to nine year prison sentence for Roger Stone. And following this, Trump tweeted that this was an unfair and unjust sentence. And just hours later, the DOJ rolled back on its own prosecutor's recommendation, which resulted in these four officials who had made the recommendation quitting the Roger Stone case. Um, Great. So this, yeah, this is pretty scary, I think, for a few reasons. Primarily, I think it just shows us yet another example of um, Trump realizing that he can do whatever he wants in the open and nobody's going to do anything about it. But what's very discouraging to me is that the Justice Department is actually supposed to be independent of politics, um, and they're not supposed to be influenced by our executive branch. And this is clearly a case where they have been. Um, I kind of liken it to, if you want to bring it down to to a, sl- a smaller level, imagine that your your state's governor hit that your state's governor's presence in office was already questionable and they appointed a state attorney general and then say a friend of your state governor did something illegal and the state governor convinced the state attorney general not to prosecute them for the full recommended sentence so chances are roger stone is only going to go to jail for like a couple years as opposed to almost a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, it, it's it's a clear example of overreach into our judiciary. And 
Um, this is also a way that Trump can effectively pardon people without offering the presidential pardon uh, because he would see a lot of blowback, I think, for trying to pardon people like Roger Stone and like Paul Manafort. But if his method is just to use the Justice Department as a shield, then that makes it all the easier for him. Yeah. And Trump is reminding people what happens when you are loyal to him. He will have your back. Roger Stone is one of the people who has not turned on Trump. So Trump is rewarding him. Agreed. And even, I mean, even Bill Barr, the the current attorney general, said recently in an interview that Trump's tweets make it impossible for him to do his job. Talk um, about a cry for help when he has yeah. to go on TV and say that. At the same time, though, I'm calling bullshit. Like, do your fucking job. If you think it's so wrong, do your fucking job. Stop bowing to this pressure. Well, I guess, why is he saying it's impossible? Because Trump is going out there and tweeting about the Roger Stone case, and then Barr feels pressure to reduce the sentencing? Well, I think part of the issue is that, and and this isn't the first time he's done it, but Trump will comment on ongoing cases, which you really shouldn't do. And so I think in that regard, it probably makes it really hard to do this job because you're spreading sort of incomplete information into the public sphere. Um, But I think that if Bill Barr had balls, this would be a very black and white case in which he would tell the president to go fuck himself, but he doesn't. And that's why I agree with these 1,100 former Justice Department officials that he needs to resign because he is clearly incapable of approaching his job impartially. The The president has a thumb on him at all times. I just don't get why people, like, Donald Trump is not going to be the president forever, you know? If he, so has, like, if he has it his way, he will. <laughs> Right. But but at the same I mean, like, God, God forbid, but I just can't imagine, you know, America mm-hmm. ever deciding that one man gets to rule forever. And I just don't know what the appeal is for any of these people to go through with some of this shit, because at some point they're going to have to answer for what they did. Because they're only looking at the short term. They're looking at tomorrow's right. tweets from Trump instead of the long term, instead of the Constitution, yeah. instead yeah. of history. It seems like it's not worth it, you know? And I just think eight years terms... is such a, like, if it's eight years, it's such a small amount of time. Yeah, but they, in that time, they have successfully managed to pack our courts, um, which is another concern for the judiciary. They have packed the courts with Trump sympathizers who will be there for a generation. I mean, look at the the current Supreme Court. We are stuck with those fuckers. We are stuck with <laughs> with that particular uh mix of justices until well into when we are all middle-aged. And that will define the politics of this country for <laughs> far beyond eight years. Um, so I think when they when they're playing the long game, they're not so much thinking about um, the impacts on sort of their individual contributors after the eight years, but they're more thinking about like, can we pack the courts with pro-life justices? Can we pack the courts with people who will make 
the kinds of decisions that systemically disenfranchise a lot of the people that this country has been disenfranchising since its inception. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the frightening thing. And I think that's my main takeaway in terms of why this should be important to millennials. This is another example of judiciary uh, corruption coming from the very fucking top. And if it's happening at the very top and no one's doing anything about it and no one cares, you better fucking believe that shit's going to trickle down. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. another reason why it's so important to get out and vote. You have to, because it may, you know, you may feel unenthused about the slew of candidates that we have to choose from. But the fact of the matter is when you're voting for somebody, you are voting for not just that person, but for who they're going to appoint to these positions, for who they're going to make attorney general, for who they're going to put on the Supreme Court. That's why this fucking matters. Preach. And Thank Trump, you. too, is sitting out there seeing what, what yep. Trump won can get away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's totally open to Pandora's box. Yeah. Um, and on that note, I was thinking, given Trump's abuse of Twitter in particular as a platform, amongst the laws that we put into place to protect ourselves from something like this in the future, should some kind of uh, prevention be in place for the president utilizing personal accounts on social platforms? Should the president of the United States be able to behave the way that Trump does on Twitter? I would say yes. I just can I just say why it's never going to happen? Because people want to get their message out there unfiltered. That's why Trump likes it so much. He can cut Mm -hmm. through the news coverage and speak to people directly. And I actually think people, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you're going to like that. So I don't think something like this would ever happen. I mean, you know, free speech, too, and all that. So I I think, on the other hand, the social media networks should actually think about enforcing their own guidelines when the president is bullying people on social media. Issues like that, where he's doing things where you could argue what he's doing is against the law. Yes, let's get the social media companies to actually do something about it. But otherwise, barring a president from using social media, no. And hopefully this is the only president where this type of question even arises. Hopefully future presidents, at least the large majority of them, will actually behave responsibly. I, I don't think I would mind as much. It, it's just the problem is, is that, you know, at this point, he can tweet anything and his supporters will just blindly agree. And that's where the issue really lies, right? Is that it's unfactual. A lot of these statements just like don't make sense. And some of them even go against like the official statements coming out of the White House. And that's why I think... And yet they're treated as fact. And that's where the problem lies. At the same time, you know, like you guys were saying, there's every possibility that, you know, the only reason he's getting away with this is because he's Donald Trump. I don't know if somebody else would have the same success. Um, I just so it's tough to say. Like, imagine Obama tweeting the way Trump did. Mm-hmm. He oh, would have been crucified. Oh, yeah. Everything Absolutely. Trump does, if Obama did it, he would be crucified over on Fox News. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious. I just I kind of feel like they're at this point we've. We've learned what happens when we put somebody in this office who has no regard for the institution. 
And we have to do something. We have to at least try to do something to protect ourselves from somebody else coming in and trying to run roughshod Mm -hmm. over all of these, uh, over what makes our democracy work. Yeah. And I think some of that has to do with the president being the president of all the people and not just his or her supporters. Right. That used to be a thing. <laughs> but now our president doesn't want everybody to get health care. So. Right. Correct. Okay. So it's time now for recommendations. I'm going to recommend a song. I'm going to channel my inner Pam. I want to recommend This Is Magic by A Great Big World. They haven't been around in recent years, I don't think. But then I was listening to Spotify's Out Now playlist. And these are, I think, mainly newer songs from gay artists. And this song's just catchy as hell and uplifting, inspiring. So I'm going to play it as our closing song today. I want to recommend supporting supporting your local Girl Scouts and buying some cookies because it's no. Girl Scout cookie season. And I just picked up a box of Thin Mints and I'm very excited to eat them. Well, not all of them, but like a few of them later tonight because they're being frozen as we speak. Oh, that's the best way to eat Thin Mints. I, uh, I, I, are you a former Girl Scout, Pam? Yeah, I was a Girl Scout for seven years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, I was also a Girl Scout. I went up through juniors uh, and I always buy my cookies. I'm a big fan of Samoas. Those are my favorites. Yes. Um, so I will be treating myself to a box of Samoas this cookie mm-hmm. season i just can't put them down that so that's why i say no i, I can't resist the girl scout cookies you, you buy one box right well, one. i'm gonna eat the whole box in a sitting that's yeah that's and, okay. then, and then it's gone there's so well yeah yeah that i agree with sometimes we'll make cookies <laughs> and i'm like we need to eat all these tonight so they're gone tonight and i'm not eating them for a week <laughs> yep yeah exactly i i almost i wanted to go samoas but they, look back in my day the boxes were only three dollars and now they're five and it does go to a good cause. But I felt like buying the Thin Mints since there's more, it would last a little bit longer. Yes. So it's like a yeah. treat. You you have like two a night after dinner or something and call it Oof. a day. Yeah. You have way more self-restraint <laughs> than I do. Look, I say two now. Watch me eat a whole sleeve. <laughs> so I'm crying and over whatever I'm watching on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, the Boy Scouts are selling popcorn. I'm not a popcorn person. Oh, so yes. I, it was just so lame. Nobody gets excited about the popcorn. No. I don't even know if they sell it anymore. popcorn that you pop in the microwave, right? No, it's like big tins of popcorn. Oh, I see. Yeah, pre-popped. So it's ready for your enjoyment. But yeah, that, right. that just never lived up to the Girl Scout cookies. No, Those are. it's... Not as exciting as cookies. Yeah. No. Did you, Laura? Were you? Did you sell nuts too when you were a Girl Scout? There was like no. We only ever sold cookies. Okay. For a while, they they had a like out here where I was. We had a nut season too, and the the (laughs) the tins of nuts were (laughs) sounds really bad. A nut season. Um. Anyway, the tins of nuts were delicious, and I don't think they do that anymore. But it was a lot of work, so. It's probably better that they just stick with the cookies. You know what makes me feel old is that the Girl Scouts take credit cards now. What? So you can, I oh. took out yeah. cash for them. Yeah, <laughs> I I did too last year. And I walked up and this, you know, the little girl who was helping me was very sweet. And I like went to get my cash and she was like, oh, we actually uh, can take a card. And she had like a little square card oh, reader. Nice. That's phone. amazing. And I, w- and I was like... <laughs> Back in my day. Yeah, right. 
they or probably like, have you, to do that because so many people no longer carry cash. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. That's so, I mean, I never even thought to ask because I just assumed they were cash only. You know, like the good old days, teaches responsible money management for the girls, too. They might accept yep. Venmo, too. I told you that story. Yeah. There was a girl s- selling lemonade on my on my corner. I was like, I don't have cash. Sorry. And she was like, oh, no problem. I accept Venmo. Did you Venmo like, well, her like 50 cents? <laughs> I think I just sent her a dollar because why oh the hell my gosh. not? Shit. You know? <laughs> I would like to recommend dictionary art. Um, this is something that you can find on Etsy. There are a number of sellers who do this, but they'll take actual pages out of a dictionary with all the definitions and they'll screen print some kind of art on top of that. Uh, My brother's girlfriend actually got me and Mark some of these prints for Christmas because we needed some different artwork. Um, And there's one that has this like really lovely skull printed on it. And there's another one with two skeletons that are holding hands and there's like a heart in the middle. It's very us. Uh, super cute, but they have so many different designs that you can get. And it's just a really, you know, low cost way to kind of bring your personality into your space. Yeah. Plus I, supporting I a, independent uh, creators. representation for you because I have one of these. Oh. oh perfect. There you go. It's some word art. It says, write drunk, edit sober. And it was a gift. <laughs> I love that. But it's really cute. I, wanna... I love those. They're, they're really sweet. And it's nice to support local artists too. Or not, not local, but like smaller business artists. Mm-hmm. I want a dictionary page with simming on the page, and then me <laughs> eating a donut off a dick can be the artwork. Can I'm one sure of you the can artists in our listenership. Somewhere. Well, yeah. you're going to need to send us a picture of you eating a donut off a dick. <laughs> Somebody recently said somewhere, you guys need to bring up the definition of simming again because yep. we probably have a bunch of new listeners and nobody knows what that means. And then to get in the Facebook group, you have to give have the to definition the of simming. Sometimes they just say, I don't know. I'm just looking for clues that they're not actually a bot or somebody who's just going to spam us. So I let a lot of people through anyway. But sometimes what people do is they don't know the definition of simming. So then they go to <laughs> Urban or they go to Google, Google it, then they see and they say, wow, I'm not typing that or something to that effect. <laughs> I had to uh, look it up because I didn't know it was before my time. <laughs> oh, my God. Pam, you should have just asked. Well, I didn't want to sound stupid. It's like, oh, what's simming? I also had to look up the mica <laughs> chair because I had no idea what that was about <laughs> Yeah, TLDR for anyone who doesn't know, Andrew's last name is Sims. He told us about this act of eating a donut off of somebody's erect penis, and we dubbed it Simming, and then our listeners, led by Cameron, uh, for Andrew's birthday, put the definition on Urban Dictionary and then upvoted it until it became the number one definition for Simming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking now. A, it's the top definition. I'm very proud yep. of that. B, 871 <laughs> likes. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's awesome. You're immortalized yeah. in urban dictionary lore forever. <laughs> and it's funny because it beats out like all of the Sims urban dictionary definitions about like playing the Sims. Right. And for a while, the Sims community was pissed about it. And there were even a couple posts on the Sims Reddit on the subreddit that we're like what is this yeah how dare they how dare they we're just trolls at the end of the day now that we've brought it up again we got to see if there's going to be another spike in activity because there's activity history on urban dictionary i see two spikes when it launched in may 2016 and again in august 2018 so that must have been the last time we spoke about it so everybody go visit the page for simming please and let's have it let's have uh (laughs) send a lot of traffic there so urban dictionary takes note (laughs) 
All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Millennial. What are we doing in After Dark today? Oh, we've got a couple of things. We are going to try and reprise last week's surprise bitch fiasco. Um, We got surprise bitched back. Yes, we did. Uh, Definitely (laughs) worth listening to. Uh, And we're also going to be talking about the state of online dating and some new security measures that Tinder is putting into place to make it safer. This is crazy. I'm looking forward to talking about that. That's going to be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you again to everybody who does support us. You will get mega millennial and that's millennial ad free with After Dark. So it's one big, beautiful package. So thank you, everybody who supports us. You can also write in millennialshow at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Or you can follow us on social media, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. The same old music, but with you, it strikes a different chord. Hey, boy, I feel like myself when I'm around you. So real, there's nobody Sucker for a certain